This is Tom Vargelettis with the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Podcast, Episode 13, Gear Management and Organization. So this one's pretty straightforward. As photographers, I mean all photographers in general, we're going to have some stuff. We're going to have cameras, lenses, lights, and as the years go on, you're going to acquire more and more. And that's not a bad thing either. As you learn, you acquire more tools to make your job and your life a little bit easier. But then you run into this problem. Maybe you started with a couple of things and a backpack or a camera bag, and then you outgrew it. Some of us will outgrow whatever case or bag we started with faster than others. And when we are actually making decisions about how we're going to manage and organize our gear, there's a few things that we want to think about that might not get all that much attention in the moment. Because first off, we've got a lot of things and we need to keep it organized. We need to know where our tools are when we need them. There's no point in wasting time having to dig or hunt for something or more importantly, you don't want to go out on a on a you don't want to go out on paid shoots and realize that whoops I left something behind or I have no idea where this important piece is. Maybe it's not that important of a piece. Maybe it's something that's kind of insignificant that was easy to overlook, but it made your life a little bit more difficult than it could have been. Classic example would be like backup batteries. SD cards, things like that are really easy to lose track of. But when you really need them, you need them and there's no getting around it. If you are not really organized with your equipment, you're not going to know unless you physically check whether you have what you need or not. But if you have dedicated bags, cases, and you're organized, you're going to know without even needing to take the second without even needing to take the extra time to check that your stuff is right there where it belongs. So when you need to grab it, there's no question in your mind. Another really important part of organization is that if you are consistently organized, and I mean, if you're really disciplined about this, you always put the thing back where it came from and make sure that things are neat and tidy. You don't get that weird problem where you're constantly second-guessing yourself and it's just really interrupting your day and adding on stress and distracting you from other more important things. I know a lot of us get that sensation, you know, you leave the house and you go, oh my God, did I lock the door? Uh, Is the oven still on? Some people just have to like compulsively, you know, four or five, six times check the door locked, the oven off. You know, did I put the thing in the right place? Where was this? Or how about car keys in your wallet? ever lost those, you might notice that when you lose something really important once, then pretty much for the rest of your life, you're constantly questioning and second-guessing yourself and being like, oh, wait, did I get that thing? And then that leads to, you know, we're down the street and then we get to turn around and check. Or if you're a photographer and then suddenly you go, oh, God, did, did I have enough batteries for the shoot that I remember to bring my SD cards? Did I leave something plugged in and charging at my desk? Do I have it or not? Are you going to pull over and check? I mean, you're losing time. If you don't have it, you've lost a lot of time because you get to go back for it. And I've been there, unfortunately. It sucks. And you're losing time. 
even if you have the thing and you're second guessing yourself and you stop and you check, you've taken minutes away from your day that you could have been spending doing something a lot more productive or at least not being stressed out and worried about whether you remembered your stuff, right? This is pretty basic. We, we should have a good handle on our stuff. And that's where organization really comes into play. Not just, you know, I want to keep my things neat and tidy, but when you're disciplined about it, you can have a much better handle over your things. And if you're just starting out and you only have like a tripod and a camera and, you know, maybe one light, you don't have a lot of things, you can pretty much hold everything that you're taking out with you in, in your two hands at the same time. That might not be as big an issue for you, but as time goes on, and then you get your tripod, and then maybe you get a tilt-shift lens, and then maybe you want to take out your laptop with you. I mean, if you've read my book, Full-Time Real Estate Photographer on Amazon, you can get it in uh, Kindle or paperback. That's one of the things that I talk about is, you know, bringing like a mobile office setup with you. Eventually, your workflow gets more complicated as you develop your skills and acquire more equipment. It just gets more sophisticated, so you need to really, this is important, you really need to stay on top of your organization. We also need to keep our gear safe. Gear management is not just about making sure you know where things are. I mean, that's really important by itself. But you also need to protect your equipment as well. It's not just that you're going to need a bag or a case of some kind, or more of them, but you're going to need them to be of a certain quality as far as durability is concerned or as far as you know what kind of padding or protection it has inside for your for your equipment to keep them separate from each other to keep them from banging into each other because you can tell yourself I'm going to be really careful with my gear I'm going to be super thoughtful and slow and 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 really pay attention to it and and that's certainly the case for most photographers but we all have an off day, and sometimes things can happen totally out of your control. What if your car on the highway or while you're driving, you, you hydroplane, you come across some ice or something that throws you off, and then your car just kind of slides to the side of the road? If that's never happened to you before, you know, having driven down the highway, you've seen cars on the side of the road like that. You know, the car's not totaled. You can probably back up, get back on track, but... If things get jostled around like that and you go and you open up your camera bag, is your stuff broken? How about you have kids? Maybe do you leave your gear bags in your car overnight and then maybe you take the kids to school or something? What if a bag gets knocked to the ground or kicked or sat on or something like that? You, you want to know that when you put your stuff in there, it can take a little bit of abuse. I mean, we're not going to throw this thing out of a, a plane in flight. But you want to be pretty safe knowing that your equipment is being protected and organized. I mean, ideally also protected from water as well, moisture damage. Organization, safety for the equipment. Then there's a few ways that we can go about this. Do you now or will you use a camera bag? If you're going to use a bag, you might be able to get away with, you know, some extra empty backpack or travel bag or something. I mean, when you only have a couple things and maybe your flash has a little case for it and it's okay if it's resting up against your camera. Yeah, you, you can get away with that at first. But as you start to add more things, you know, SD card holders, extra cables, extra batteries, you get a lot of tiny little knickknacks that kick around. And if you're going to use a bag, 
you're going to want to think about, you know, am, am I going to have enough room for all of my things in this bag or am I going to need multiple bags or cases? This can get really expensive when you start to think about it. If you're thinking, you know, maybe I'll just get one little cheap thing and then if I need a bigger one, I'll get a little bit bigger one. But the cheaper bags wear out really quickly. So I started, I used just an old backpack that I had. And, you know, in and out of the car, unzip, rezip, open, close, stuffing it full, emptying it, taking it home and putting it in the corner somewhere while your batteries are all charging up. And, you know, the bags get abused a little bit, even if you're really careful with how you use them. And if the construction is not top notch, it's going to wear out. Even with the most gentle care, eventually it's going to wear out and you're going to need another one. So do you buy another cheap bag that's going to wear out again? And on the other side, if you get a really expensive bag, a really like high-end, super durable camera bag, what if you outgrow it really quickly? <laughs> you know, so what if you spend $200 on a bag and then in a couple months, you're like, oh, I either need another one or a bigger one. That's something we need to think about when it comes to bags. And I mean, I mean to, to all cases as well. Because you really do want to invest in the higher quality when you can. And I'm all about saving money. So you could look and pick one up used, probably gently used, and they'll still last you a long time. But you're going to want to think about how that's going to be used by you in the future. Sometimes it's really difficult to predict the future or to think ahead like that. And I'm not saying you need to really perfectly understand the future. That's not going to probably be possible for you to exactly perfectly predict how many things you're going to have and how it's going to be packed. But we need to just bear that in mind. So if you get a bag or something and you're spending a lot of money on it, but it only barely fits what you've got, you really want to understand what you're buying and why and how that's going to play into your workflow down the road. Because if you just buy whatever, then you're gonna, your results are going to be like, whatever. Maybe you get something that's handy for a long time, maybe not. Maybe you get something that you use just for a few months and then it gets thrown into a closet or re-gift it for, uh, for the holidays or someone's birthday. You want to understand what kind of decisions that you're making so you can make the best of your options available to you. And another thing with bags, if you get a bag that's bigger than what you need, that's probably the best way to go because down the line you're going to get more stuff but if you have an issue with like well how am I going to fit all this these things in here now they're going to be jostling around in this big bag it's, it's just too much space well you can get padded inserts for bags separately and that's a pretty economical route to go if you get an oversized bag it maybe doesn't need to be like a specifically manufactured kind of bag for cameras but you can get to slip inside or these padded dividers, pouches, and, and bags that can go in the bag. And that's something to think about. And that can really be helpful for organization. And if you get a couple sizes up, something that's not obnoxious that you're comfortable actually using, you'll be able to have it and use it for more things. So that's always something to keep in mind. I know that that's what I'm thinking when I'm, when I'm buying like a larger backpack, like a rucksack. Because, you know, I like to go camping, I like to go hiking, and I'm thinking, if I get this thing for this, would I be able to use it for something else? And 
that's usually the mindset that I'm going into. So I always try and, and have the most potential uses for bags when it comes to that. And I think you're going to find that kind of going through the same process to figuring out what you're going to need or what your next buy is going to be, it's going to help you narrow down the best kind of uh, option for you. Because if you're thinking, I got to go, you know, bottom dollar, I got to spend as little as possible, that's not a bad place to be. But also think about down the line, if I get this tiny, cheap piece of garbage because I just want to save a couple dollars, but then I've got to get another one in you know a year or less, then what's your cost of camera bags per year? If you spend two or $300 on a really nice bag, it's going to last you for 10 years, you know, prorate that and do the math. If you're going to have to buy one or two bags per year for the next 10 years, that's spending way more money. So saving money in business doesn't necessarily mean be as cheap as possible. It's not the same exact thing. I mean, sometimes, yeah, you want to be as cheap as possible, but you're playing a long game in business. It's not just a right now thing. So next we have boxes or hard shell cases. A lot of people think of Pelican. I know I do. They're a really wonderful brand, not the cheapest by far. And then there's all the Pelican knockoffs that are, you know, kind of similar designs. Not necessarily always, but um, when I'm thinking of the hard shell cases, I'm thinking of Pelican because I have right now in my office two Pelican cases, a DJI case that came with the Osmo Pro, a Tiger case for the Matterport camera, and then I have two more for, for just knickknacks, like some off-brand, like I don't care about these cases. Nothing important goes in them. And the difference in quality is shocking. The difference in price is not shocking though. So this is something we need to keep in mind because a Pelican case is going to be like two, $300. It's going to be like a high-end uh, designer, really nice camera bag. But they're going to be much less flexible. A camera bag, if it looks nice, you could use that for other things. You could put in your books for school if you go to school. You could put in your lunch for work and take that. You could use a backpack or a satchel or whatever for other purposes than just cameras. These cases, these hard cases, are usually dedicated purpose cases. Like you get it for your camera gear and that's pretty much all you can do with it because you don't even want to bring that as carry-on it's just a lot of extra weight and bulk that you don't need to mess with when you could get just a cheap backpack if you're if you're traveling but if you're traveling with your camera equipment that's like essential you don't want to put really expensive gear in a soft case and then have some guy that has no idea what's in the case and doesn't care to just you know throw your stuff onto a plane so if you're traveling with camera equipment you really want those hard cases but the difference in, in actual physical quality versus the difference in price is, it's unfortunate. You know, people make these Pelican knockoffs. They charge like $100 less. But in terms of value on the quality of the case that you're getting, you're, it's, it's way bigger of a difference than that $100 less would imply. I have had these Pelican cases for longer than the others. And I have beaten them up. I've traveled with them. They go in and out of the car all day long. I'm not afraid if they get tipped over and banged down into the ground. And sometimes it happens. You know, I've got 
kids in the house, and then his cousins will come over. I've got my cases all lined up in the corner away from everything, but you know, sometimes they just get, they're so curious, they got to see what's going on in the home office. And uh, sometimes things just gets knocked down to the ground. And I don't mind because I know the gear that is in the case at that moment is safe. And when I've got the stuff in the car, I don't care if the boxes are getting scratched up or bumping against each other in traffic. It's not a big deal if it's one of those days where I'm just really tired and I'm not paying as much attention as I should. And, you know, sometimes when you pull that handle and take the case out if you're not paying attention the case can just swing out and uh you know bang into something a fence or you drop it to the ground too fast that doesn't happen often but when it does i'm not like oh god what did i just do did i damage something that's not even a thought that i have to consider because i know that the stuff is safe on that one day in the whole year that i'm feeling sick and i'm stuffy i'm tired and then i accidentally just bump the case against something too hard not a concern in the hard case in a bag even if it's padded sometimes that's something that you have to consider but these hard cases are great and especially in new england where there's a rainy season and there's a very long wet snowy season I don't mind transporting these cases inside and out of the properties as I'm doing my photo shoots. And I know that sometimes during the pouring rain, I'd pull out a poncho and wrap up my bag in, a, in plastic to take it into the house because I didn't want to risk moisture getting down into some critical electronics that would just ruin my day. So when you're thinking about gear management and organization, there's more to it than just, I just got to have a thing that I take my stuff out with. Same thing for tripods. Tripods and light stands. You can get, for cheap money, a case that you can put your tripods and light stands in. If you just throw them into your car and let them kick around, they're going to get all scratched up. They're going to get dirty, well, dirtier than they would have gotten. They're going to be kind of awkward to carry. I have actually seen real estate photographers walk from their car into the house with the tripod over their shoulder and the camera latched into the tripod head. Now, I feel really confident with the security of my camera when it's locked into the tripod head, but to just throw it over your shoulder like that well past the point where you can even see your camera, I don't know, that just doesn't seem like the best way to transport really expensive and sensitive equipment like that. But that's just me. <laughs> I'm sure that photographer felt really cool. I, I know you can probably find some videos of like somebody like Peter Lick, who's like this cool, rugged guy. He's a photographer, one of the highest paid photographers on earth, making millions of dollars. And he does that a lot. But if you're the highest paid photographer, you've probably got cases and cases of these extremely expensive cameras. And if you're just the humble local real estate photographer, odds are pretty good you've only got one or two. So if you're going to transport your equipment from your car to a client's home to do your photo shoot, are you really going to risk damaging your gear and ruining your ability to even do the shoot? It's just not a good idea because like I said before, that one day that just something's off and maybe you're not paying attention, maybe you're feeling sick, or maybe it's totally out of your hands. Maybe somebody else knocks something over or bumps into you or whatever. But 
the one chance where your gear is placed into mortal peril, you want to know that it's going to be safe. When it's out set up on the tripod, ideally your hands are going to be really close to it. You're going to be making sure that things are placed securely and that people aren't going to be walking into it or bumping it or anything like that. Properly organizing your stuff, getting dedicated bags or hard shell cases is a part of that. Being able to have a camera bag on your back or shoulder or a hard shell pelican case in tow behind you on its little two wheels or maybe you're just carrying it like a briefcase in one hand and then in the other hand you've got your tripod and light stands zipped up together in a case. It's just a much more convenient way of transporting your stuff. It's a safer way of transporting your stuff. And you know where everything is. It's all compact. You're not juggling things back and forth. If you're just going handheld or single flash frames and you're like, eh, I'll just keep the strap on my camera and put that around my neck uh, and just there, I'm, I'm done. I've got all my stuff. Well, first off, if you want to really build a successful long-term real estate photography career, you're going to want to use more tried and true real estate photography methods. Maybe you're just getting some really great results hand-holding, but the higher-end real estate photographers that I've studied, and if you want to produce just really incredible, impressive results, you're going to have a tough time just hand-holding every single shot. I mean, maybe you can get away with some of them, but you know, you want to make sure your verticals are perfectly aligned. You want to set up your shot and you know, maybe do some styling or just being really mindful of your composition. You'll be able to make much more minute adjustments. And of course, when you're setting up your shots on a tripod, you can do your ambience and your flash exposures. And... Uh, you know, when you line them up in Photoshop, they're going to barely move, if at all. So when you do your edits, you're going to have much better result. But if you're just running and gutting it and you're like, I don't care about any of that stuff. Well, okay, maybe a cheap little backpack will be for you. But photographers that want to give it their all and who really want to leverage technology and photography techniques to get some incredible results consistently... Every single time, no matter what the ambient lighting conditions are, no matter what your limitations are as far as um, you know, composition are concerned, you're going to want to have more tools than just what you could hang on your neck or off of one shoulder. And you're going to want to be able to put your things in special kind of arrangements that you can just grab and go and shoot with. So what are we talking about with these dedicated kind of kits or setup. And that's how I think of it. I have dedicated kits for certain parts of the job. I just mentioned I have a bunch of hard shell cases. I've basically retired all of my bags when it comes to photography. Even the really nice durable ones, they're just not able to take the kind of beating that in and out and in and out of the car, in and out of people's houses all day long like a like a pelican case can take because i don't mind like i said scuffing up the cases i'm not afraid of them getting dropped or kicked or knocked down flight of stairs by a just an unwitting client i know that if my things are secure inside the case and if the lid is shut and locked down i've got no problems plus they open up some more organizational windows for you that a 
simple bag cannot. Bags generally, even the modular ones, have very limited options for you as far as how you can configure and, and, and organize your equipment. The Pelican cases have these uh, inserts called the Trek Pack dividers, and they're made specifically for each case. There's not like a one-size-fit-all, but for whatever it is, $100, $120, something like that, you can get this really awesome padded foam divider set that opens up the volume of potential storage you have inside the box. If you get a Pelican case with the pick-and-pluck foam, you're going to be tearing your hair out because it is so inconvenient to use. You spend all this time laying out your gear, figuring out where you want this to go and what orientation you want things to be in. And then when you pluck the foam out, you realize really quickly that the distance between objects needs to be very far apart. And if you've owned Pelicans with the pick and pluck foam, you know what I'm talking about. You can't have like a one or a two little foam cube with wall. That's how it's set up. The, the foam is like pre-scored for you so you can pick and pluck out individual little foam cubes to make space for your gear. And if the wall from item A to item B is only one or two blocks thick, you are eventually going to wear it out. And then that one or two block thick wall is going to be this sloppy mess that just won't hold up. So the next level up is the padded divider set, and the padded dividers are very thick as well. Now, if you want that for a specific reason, it's perfectly fine, because the extra thick padded divider, yeah, you're not fitting as much stuff in there, but what you are fitting in is very snug and very well padded. So you get a lot more shock absorption with something like that compared to the Trek Pack. But if you have some relatively rugged gear that it's okay if it gets jostled around a little bit, it's not going to break on you, then you're going to be fine with the track pack divider. So when you use that dividing system, and, and by the way, this I'm talking about Pelican and Trek Pack. This is not a sponsored post. They haven't paid me. They haven't sent those cases to me for free. I personally went out and bought them, and I use them on a daily basis, and I beat the absolute crap out of them. And they really hold up. They hold up a lot better than the other cases. And I'll, I'll mention those in a minute. But when you're using the divider system, the Trek Packs, it's more money. It's like $100 more, $120, $30 more, something like that. But it is so worth it because you can fit your camera, your lenses, your batteries, extra cords and cables, your booties, your flashes, extra batteries for your flashes. You can fit a lot in, you know, some of the medium to larger size cases. And uh, that's why I bought a second one. I have a dedicated Pelican case just for photo video gear. I've got two cameras, lenses for all of them, and then all the bits and bobs that goes along with that. I also have the um, lid organizer, which is, I don't know why it, it cost as much as it does. A lid organizer is like 50 bucks or something for the larger cases. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's a sheet of plastic with like some zippered pouches stitched onto it. If you're handy with stuff like that, feel free to make your own. But, you know, I throw charging cords, SD cards, extra things up in that as well. And then I have a second smaller case dedicated just to audio gear. I have my Zoom recorder, my Rode microphones, my Shure microphones, my mic stands, the little tiny compact 
travel mic stands. And uh, what else do I have in there? I've got my, my FET head. I've got my uh, Sony studio monitor headphones, extra headphones, a breakout box for when I'm doing like podcasts and stuff like that. And that's a pretty small case, but because I'm using a Trek Pack divider, I'm able to maximize the uh, storage area there. I've also got a lid organizer for uh, XLR cables and batteries and things. And man, it's just great because whenever you need stuff from that kit, you don't open it up and take a couple things out and then go and do your, your shoot and then go back. You take the whole case in with you. You open it up inside when it's laying flat on, on the ground and you've got plenty of shelter and you're not worried about anything. If you open up the trunk of your car, or the door or whatever, you don't want rain or snow to come in or anything like that. And you don't want to risk dropping your stuff outside either and damaging it before you even get into the chute. I find that I'm feeling much more safe and secure with my equipment when it stays sealed up in the case until it's ready to be used. And then I just take it out, I do the job, and then I put it back in the case. And I always put things right back to where I found them. And if you know me personally and you've spent a lot of time with me in my home, you're going to realize that Generally, I'm not really an organized person, but when it comes to my business, everything has to be perfect, always. Because, and I've learned this lesson the hard way. When I first started, I was using just the cheap garbage bags. I went through two of them in a year, and I'm like, what's, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I going to have to constantly go bag shopping and all this garbage? I'm just going to get, you know, a nice camera bag. And then when you have a home office and when you do all that traveling in and out, you're interacting with people, you're not always going to be on top of your game all the time. If you're doing this full time, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, are you telling me that you're going to pay 100% perfect attention all the time? No way. When you plan for your business, you plan for equipment to fail, you also have to plan for you to fail because eventually the odds of you making a mistake go up to 100%. And you don't realize it until after the mistake happens. That's when you go, oh God, I can't believe I forgot this or why didn't I do that or what, what the hell was going on? And that's natural. That's part of the human condition. We all have experiences like that, but we can leverage our incredible brains and think of, well, okay, if uh, my stuff is eventually at some point in the future going to be at risk of, uh, you know, falling down off of something, out of the car, off of a table or whatever, uh, will I want it in a soft canvas bag or, uh, you know, maybe even a padded bag or would I want it in like a hard shell case? And we can think about things like that, and we can plan ahead for the future just by using our imagination in a creative and a productive way. Because when you make that decision and you buy that, oh my God, the first time that <laughs> all my stuff just like fell over in a Pelican case, whew, wow, did I breathe a sigh of relief because I knew that nothing was broken it wasn't even jostled out of place because you've got those dividers in there. Things aren't going to jump from one section to the other and get jumbled up and mixed. Uh, unless, except, you know, if you have like little tiny batteries or something that you're not uh, putting in Ziploc baggies or other cases, those can slip through if you have the uh, lid organizer. It doesn't 
have a perfect seal on top of your dividers. This kind of organization is really important. It's for peace of mind. It's for consistency and security in your business because you know exactly where everything's going to be always, all the time, and it's never going to be a question in your mind. And your stuff is going to be well protected. And you can make a decision as to which one of those things is the most important to you. But in my mind, if you can check all of those boxes just by focusing on one thing, on your gear management and trying to do a good job with that, that's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. So I really recommend the hard shell cases. Now, what I don't recommend are the knockoff brands. The Tiger case that I have for my Matterport camera is good. It's not really blowing my socks off, but you can get it with a custom molded foam insert, not some pick and pluck BS that Pelican gives you. It probably costs Pelican zero dollars to just throw some foam inside the case. And everybody that gets it is like, oh God, okay, I'm going to spend an extra hundred dollars. Maybe some of us are happy with the uh, pick and pluck foam, but let me tell you, I am not. <laughs> I am not. Um, I have met one happy customer with pick and pluck foam. He put a, uh, a really big, it was like a cinema camera gimbal in the case, and that was the only thing that was in the case. Like not even, he put the batteries in a different case or a bag or something. So for single item use, uh, it seems to be really good because you just put it all in and take it all out in one sweeping motion. You're not going to have to worry about things bumping up against each other, friction kind of messing with the uh, pick and pluck walls. Something to bear in mind with the treaded pick and pluck foam. So with my little tantrum about the foam out of the way, when you're looking at these cases go a little bit bigger than what you might need initially because when you get the divider set it's not a big deal if there's a couple open spots you don't have things just rolling around all over the place because you're going to set it up to properly contain and divide your items and as you grow your kit you will have room to keep it all in one place now growing is an important thing to think about as well because then we need to decide, are we going to get another bigger case for everything or just a separate dedicated case? And, and this is where I think you're going to get a lot of value using dedicated kit setup or, or just thinking about in your mind, what would be my real estate photography kit? And if you want to get into video work or anything else in the future, if you want to also do weddings and, and portraits on the side, what would be my wedding kit, my portrait kit? Is it going to look the same every single time? Probably not. If you were to get cases and bags with a mind of, you know, this is going to be for my real estate kit. I mean, even if you're using most of the same stuff, but you just have to transfer a couple things. Over time, you're going to have more and more dedicated gear per genre of work that you want to do. And if you have a dedicated kit to go along with it that you can just pick up and go, it's going to help you a lot as far as saving time because, like we said before, you know where your stuff is. If you have to move your wedding stuff into your real estate box or whatever, you know, that's going to take you a couple minutes, but then. When you have your real estate kit ready to go, it's a solid piece that you can feel comfortable and confident when you're traveling and you'll know that you really got the stuff that you need 
So maybe I shouldn't even tell you this, but I'm going to tell you a story of one of the early days. And it's it's kind of amusing thinking back on it. At the time, I was freaking out. So I live in central Massachusetts. And yes, people live in Massachusetts in the whole state. It's not just Boston and then a, a deserted wilderness. But from my home to Cape Cod, it's about two hours of driving. And I do it. I take photo shoots on the Cape. I go to the North Shore. I go to uh, the, in the other direction, out to Springfield. I've worked in Connecticut and New Hampshire as well. And then I have photographers that work under me that can go to these other places also. I've never been afraid of driving. But one day, I drove all the way out to the Cape. Two hours. I opened my trunk and... <laughs> My God, my, it wasn't my camera, my SD cards were gone. (laughs) I could not believe it. I had just driven two hours and then I go and look in my car. I've got my stuff. I got my camera, my batteries, my tripod, lights, all of it. Even a bunch of extra light modifiers that I almost never need, but you know, I'm so proud of myself for being prepared. And uh, where are the memory cards? Well, the memory card holder was open on my desk back at the office. God, I was so embarrassed that I had done something so stupid as that. Because it wasn't just some simple, like, oh, okay, I'll just work around it. I, I literally could not work without memory cards. I had everything else but the memory cards. So I ended up, I didn't have to drive all the way back home. I found a camera shop. Um, actually, I think it was like a Best Buy or something. There, there was a store nearby and I was able to pick something up. But I definitely started that photo shoot late. Luckily, I had a great real estate agent for a client on that particular shoot. He was not faced at all. He's like, no, it's totally fine. I understand. It's actually kind of, he was like, it actually, it's kind of, it's kind of good. It'll, it'll let me, you know, sweep the floor and clean up the place a little bit before you come back. So ever since then, I'm not leaving anything up to chance. Big or small, everything goes back in the case always. No questions. Once I'm done with it, goes back in the case. When I go to charge my batteries, for example, I swap them out. I always put fresh batteries right back into the camera and the flashes. And then I check to verify that yes, the batteries are full. And then I put it back in the case, put the batteries on the charger. Because if you're leaving in a rush, if you're bleary eyed and tired, it's an early appointment, maybe you didn't get a lot of good sleep. Who knows? Maybe you're coming down with something. You just grab your cases and go. When you open that box up in front of your client, you want to know without a doubt everything's there and it's going to work. And in my mind, there's just no alternative for having the kind of mental and emotional security that that comes with of having a disciplined, consistent system for managing and organizing your equipment. So when you go out there, when you're buying your next case, your next bag, If you've been listening to this podcast, you might be having the impression like, oh my God, this guy is so cheap. It's true. I spend a lot of time trying to hustle for a good deal and to stretch out my dollar to get the highest return in my business. But that doesn't mean be cheap. 
It means make wise investments in your business. If you can get good value for less money, that's great. But the important thing is to get good value first. And of course, to pay a fair price or a good price for it. And that's the episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. Really appreciate the response that I've been getting so far for the podcast. And like I said before, anyone can feel free to reach out and email me directly. I have set up a new email address. If you had saved the old one, it's still valid. But the new email is tom at ftrephoto.com. Feedback on the podcast, questions, anything like that. I'm starting to do some more interviews on the podcast. If you've been listening to every episode, you've probably picked up on this. If you're interested in being in one of the future episodes, I would be more than happy to bring on some experienced real estate photographers, maybe some people just starting out. It'd be great. Just talk about business, maybe swap some embarrassing stories like I just did here. It can be a lot of fun. If you're local, I'd be happy to meet up with you. If not, we could always do a Skype call. So please feel free to reach out, tom at ftrephoto.com. In addition to that, I have published my, actually it's my third book to date, but uh, this one is real estate photography specific. It's called full-time real estate photographer. You can find it on Amazon in paperback and in Kindle format. It's not going to be hard to find full-time real estate photographer with my name on it, Tom Vargelettis, and uh, you might also recognize the cover photo if you listen to this podcast. And finally, the full-time real estate photographer course, a video course that I've been developing for the last few months. I've been working hard on it. I want to make it as good as I possibly can. I mean, things like this are always going to be a work in progress. I'm hoping for a January 1st launch date for the course. Anyone who's interested in it now, please reach out to me at the email address that I have just mentioned. If you have any interest, I'd be happy to chat a little bit more with you about that. Thanks so much for your time. I'm Tom Vargelettis, and this was the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Podcast, Episode 13, Gear Management and Organization.